0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And we are back. With another episode of the Golden Blogs podcast, The Bearcast.
2: I love your enunciation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are previewing the Oregon Ducks. Aka, quack quack, the Justin Herbert show.
2: Well, on that note, really interesting article just went up today uh, regarding Justin Herbert and Coach Wilcox's relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was really cool. It was a really cool article. Uh, we'll link that into into our uh, into the post. So please do take a look at that. It's it's really cool to see that those types of like long term backstories that because you, I mean, you're never gonna you're never gonna find that out by yourself. Um, nor would anyone ask coach about it unless someone did the digging to do so. So, but yeah, it's, it's super cool, um, and so I highly recommend people take a read at that. But enough of that. Another, well, not not anymore. We expected to be playing a ranked Oregon team in Austin. We're not, <laughs> due to their loss. I think it was ten years since they've last lost to Arizona State. And they lost that streak. We almost beat our 15-year streak, 14-year streak. But that didn't quite happen.
1: And we ended our streak against Oregon last year. So we're feeling good now.
2: Yeah, we're feeling real good now. We're feeling real good going into Austin. But let's, let's preview this. It's
1: let's... been 10 years, huh, since we last won in Austin.
2: Yeah. That was our 07 year. Do you remember that game?
1: Oh, yeah. I was yeah. there. I love that game.
2: Yeah. Marcus Ezef, my hero. Was it Ezef? Yep. It was Ezef. huh Oh, God, my hero. But... Let's not forget in that 07 game, that's also, that. for me, that game is also what led to our demise. Because that's where Longshore rolled his ankle. And that's where he couldn't go in the Oregon State game. Or he tried to go in the Oregon State game,
0: right? Or was it the yeah. opposite?
2: No, oh, no, no. He rolled his ankle the week before, and he tried to go in the Oregon, Oregon game. But it didn't work. He no, just he, aggravated it.
1: He played in the Oregon
2: game. That's what I mean. He, tr- he he rolled it the week before, Oh, but he tried to go in the Oregon game, and he played, yeah. but he aggravated it, which is why Riley came in for a couple plays in that game. Yeah, yeah. And then Riley started o- Oregon State the week after. Yep. Yeah. That's how it happened. The beginning of the end. <laughs> the beginning of the end. That was the beginning of the end. Uh but enough of enough of old nostalgia. <laughs> let's look at this Oregon. let's let's talk about their offense first. Right? Yeah. Who's who's their stud? What? quarterback. Mr. Justin Herbert. The best thing about this season so far is
1: just the ridiculous amount of talent we've been able to watch at the quarterback position. <laughs> Shea Patterson, Sam Darnold, Justin Herbert, and we're gonna go see uh oh my gosh, uh Browning up in Washington. Montez and in Luke Colorado, fall. Luke <laughs> Falk, Washington. It's like <laughs> ridiculous. It's absurd. Uh, it makes you also think that there's probably a lot of resetting that will eventually go down right when this team, for us, is going to start peaking. So if we can get someone like a Garbers or maybe it is Bowers or uh, Strout, Trout, Dwight Trout, if we can get Dwight Trout's little brother to come in and, and he takes the reins now and then... All these guys leave, it puts us in a pretty good position. From you know, because we're going up against so many like senior proven quarterbacks. Yeah. But
2: well, Falk's gone after this year, so yeah, no, I mean, so that's why feeling. Milinski looks just as good. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, they have. A, we almost had him. They have a great lineage of quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so uh, uh, Herbert's fantastic. Last year was really against us. Was his coming out game? Yeah, um, and that was a shootout. It was a dominant (laughs) first half from Cal, and then Sonny obviously told the defense to take a break, (laughs) tied the game up, and made that that win entirely unfun. Entirely unfun. Until we won on an interception in overtime? (laughs) And it was so dumb that I took no gratification from the win. It was like laughable. Had to apologize to my Oregon friends who I was like, you know, so excited to talk and be like, finally, yeah, trash. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, we won in the worst way possible, yeah. <laughs> <It's just laughs> giving up a historic record amount of points. So I'm very excited for this game, but yeah, he's he's unbelievable, and um, yeah, I, I he will be hard. He will be hard for us, but it, at this point, what haven't you seen? from our Cal defense that scares you about playing a quarterback. Nothing. I, I don't I don't know. I'm just not scared. Secondary with Hicks and Bynum and Allensworth and Marlo Sean, it, it it's deep. Like it's deep, it's strong and we throw all these different looks. I think it's just one of those things that I'm continually more and more confident in. So maybe I'll be proven wrong this week. Maybe it's overconfidence, but
2: can I give you a stat about their offense? Yeah, they lead the country, lead the country in points per game.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I mean, so did Ole Miss. Or Ole Miss was, you know, the best offense in the country when we played them.
2: That is true. Uh, but I'm looking at that, going, "Oh, that's not something I wanted to know." <laughs> that is that is definitely something I did not want to know. Okay,
1: so they have a little bit of a – they have a 77-point game against Southern Utah, and then they put up 42 on Nebraska, and then they put up 49 on Wyoming. So, meh. (laughs) And then Arizona State doesn't have a defense at all, and they only put up 35 points. Arizona State defense can be summed up by one strategy. Sell out every single play. It works sometimes. doesn't work other times. But I don't know.
2: It did just enough to get them to win.
1: What do you think? Does the offense scare you?
2: Their offense? I mean, the talent has offensively hasn't gone anywhere, right? We talked about this before the season started is – Oregon hasn't reset on their defense in God knows how long. Mm -hmm. Um, San Francisco basically took away all their (laughs) D-linemen. And now they're left with (laughs) an empty cupboard on the defensive end. Huh. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Their offensive cupboard is way stacked and their defensive cupboard is empty and has to work with a bunch of low-star players. Hmm. Where does that sound familiar? Hmm. Hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know, Rob, tell us.
2: <laughs> Do tell. Uh, but I'm looking at the stats, right? I'm just looking at just their season stats. and I'm not, I'm not looking at who they played, but Oregon's dropping 50.8 points per game this season. Their opponents have only dropped 26.5 on them yeah, on an but, average. Okay. But, but of course, that Nebraska game was a total shootout. Uh, and
1: Arizona by. State. The yeah. teams that don't score against them are Southern Utah and Wyoming.
2: Well, so they also dropped 77 on Southern Utah. So,
1: right. So, look at theirs. Let's go to the Arizona State game. First downs, 20. Third down efficiency, one for 11. Dude, our defense is good in third down situations. Mm-hmm. They, they can't. One for 11 is awful. Obviously. The funnier,
2: do you know what the funnier part about that statistic is? is because I was watching the Oregon Arizona State game. Arizona State was actually last in the Pac 12 going into that game in third down conversions, defensively. They were allowing wow. the highest percentage. And so, Oregon went
1: one for 11.
2: Exactly. So.
1: Crazy.
2: Yeah. I don't know what it is. Something in the air. Maybe something in Tempe. I don't know. But that offense was not clicking.
1: Rush attempts, 30, yard, uh, 120 yards, four yards per carry against Arizona State. Time of possession for Oregon in that game, 21 minutes. Arizona State, 38. The The... I'm shocked with the <laughs> Vegas odds. Shocked.
2: Yeah. So the Vegas odd right now stands at sixteen and a half to Oregon. If you're if you're a betting person, bet on Cal covering the spread at the very least. Bet on Cal covering the spread.
1: Yeah. I guess it just moved to thirteen now.
2: Yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah. It just dropped to thirteen. Well, yeah. I guess a lot of people are voting or
1: are betting for up. Cal. Yeah. yeah.
2: But let's look at this. Justin Herbert, 79 completions on 118 attempts, 66.9% completion, 1,178 yards, 10 yards for every attempt, um, 8 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. Yeah, very good. Very good, but not great.
1: Well, the touchdown-to-interception ratio is really strong.
2: The touchdown, yes, it is.
1: And for us, that's important because we rely on the turnovers. Yes.
2: Royce Freeman, their leading rusher, 97 uh, attempts for 541 yards for an average of 5.6 and 10 touchdowns on the year.
1: Right, but all of that's inflated by those two games mm-hmm. cuz you look at the Wyoming game and you look at the Southern Utah game and I think he had four touchdowns in each.
2: So here's the here's the part about their rushing game that I think we can stop is Justin Herbert is their second leading attempt in terms of rushes, 28 for 109 and two touchdowns. Tony Brooks James is Right behind him at twenty six for only sixty six yards, but he has seven receptions for one hundred and fifteen yards. So he's that threat out of the backfield on third third down that we need to watch out for in terms of passing. And then the next back is uh Connie Benoit. I think seventeen carries for one hundred fifty nine yards and six touchdowns. So he's he's the only real other back that we need to look out for. It's it feels awfully similar to what we were thinking of for the SC game too. Is we key in on Ronald Jones, we key in on Stephen Carr, and that's their run game. Um, that's, that's pretty much what it is for Herbert and Freeman and uh, Connie Benoit, too. But it feels more so that it's just Herbert and Freeman. And if it's, I f- I, you know, people say it's so tough to cover the, the read option, but I feel like if you're, if you're disciplined enough, it should be the easiest play to read. Cause you don't have to worry about anything else in terms of a run other than two guys. You don't have to you don't have to worry about a pitch. You don't have to worry about a, a quick pass. It's the read option. It's just that running back or the quarterback's gonna have the ball. One or the other. You stay disciplined enough and you plug up the holes, the guy's gonna have nowhere to run. So that's it for the, the rushing stats. But I mean, I'm looking at the receiving. And no one has more than 18 catches. Who is he, he throwing the ball to? They're throwing... Dylan Mitchell has 18 for 217 yards and two touchdowns. Johnny Johnson third has 12 receptions for 196 yards. Charles Nelson has 15 receptions for 243 yards and one touchdown. But Charles Nelson is out for the season with a foot injury. So there goes that line. So you're basically throwing to only two guys, huh? Where did we hear that? The SC preview—they're only <laughs> throwing to two guys. They have no depth behind those two guys, behind Dylan Mitchell and Johnny Johnson III. Their next—it—it it feels eerily similar in terms of what they have to prep for. Is you're not prepping for six, seven other running backs. You're not prepping for four or five receivers. I—I I think I—I've said this a bunch of times. Is that the prep for the Old Miss game in terms of at least? Our defense versus their offense prepped us so well for the rest of the season. Yeah, because I don't think we're it's gonna so
1: many wide receivers.
2: We're not gonna play a better wide receiver group than that, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I mean, people say that the Colorado wide receiver core might be might be the best in the country, but I I don't think so. I think talent, speed, athleticism, everything. Ole Miss definitely is the better receiving core. So you got you had to play that, and then you had to play a pretty astounding run game that UNC has, right, away at UNC too. And then you, now you have to play SC's run game. I think this sets up well in terms of experience and what we have to adjust in order to be successful on the defensive end. That's, a, that's my take on their you know,
1: yeah, offense. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. No, I think that's smart.
2: All right, let's move on to the other side. Their defense. All right, let me just read you off a couple of the stats, all right? Just, uh, this will not be pretty. Yeah, but just some of the two, two, three three guys. Uh, Troy Dye is their leading tackler um, at 32, 14 assisted, 18 solo, uh, five tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception, and two passes deflected. Next up is Thomas Graham Jr. with uh, 22 tackles, two interceptions, three passes deflected. Next is Justin Hollins, uh, 21 tackles. But you look at who these players are. Troy Dye is a linebacker. Thomas Graham is a cornerback. And Justin Hollins is a linebacker. So who's not getting the tackles? Their D-line. Which means people are busting into that second line of defense. And what did we talk about in our previous pod about Patrick Laird making sure that our first and second downs become third and shorts. If we do that, I think that that makes it pretty easy.
1: Yeah. You're going to run everything through the ground game. Mm -hmm. Especially after you throw a bunch of interceptions. Mm -hmm. And you're on the road in that environment. What makes that a lot easier? Short down and distance. And a solid, like, sort of cadence rushing the football.
2: Yeah, I mean, opponents against Oregon right now is averaging 3.07 yards per attempt so and I feel like our run game is definitely better than Wyoming Nebraska Southern Utah or Arizona State's although I do think Arizona State has some stellar running backs but um, I do feel layered in our own line can probably create some opening holes for them yeah our O
1: line's been surprisingly like good in the run situations yeah, you know it's just one of those things I didn't really expect. They're yeah. hurt in in experience yeah we've been pretty damn good.
2: yeah, I mean we're putting in saffle, and guys that we didn't think might play into the rotation their first year, but they clearly are, and um, so they're they're doing enough where we can get by with what they're doing. Sure, would we like to? Would we like it to get better? Of course, but we're doing well with what we have. Yeah, and that's key right now. the The only flip side to this run game now is our pass game. Is we haven't seen this pass game get better every week as we expected them to since we saw them against Weber State. Right, that was the big key. Is we saw how good they were passing the ball against North Carolina. That got us hyped. Then we come home, play Weber State, and a passing game shoots itself in the foot and stalls. And then what happens against Ole Miss? It it just tapers off. It literally, it just, it flatlines. Except for the second half. Except for the second half. Um, And then maybe we thought maybe we'd get our groove back at least a little bit against SC. We didn't.
1: Uh Oh, Um, so (laughs) it sounds like we're we're trending in a negative direction. Damn it, Rob! I was all hyped, and then you said that. Yeah, I'm not as hyped anymore. Yeah,
2: I'm 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 looking at it from big picture perspective.
1: This is a big game. This is a huge game. So
2: if we lose this
1: game, and Ross throws five interceptions, and we lose by let's say two possessions,
2: are you calling for a quarterback change?
1: That I was going to ask you that. (laughs) That was your question, not mine.
2: (laughs) Would I be calling for a quarterback change?
1: yeah, I'd be like, I'd probably say put in Garbers.
2: I'd say give him a shot too. But at the same time, I would. I, I hate pulling this excuse, but I would have to know how it came about. If it happens like the SC game again, right? Where we're down by three touchdowns and he's just trying to make something happen, he's throwing down the field and he gets those picked off.
1: All right, but if there's nine minutes to go and you're only down by 10 and he's throwing balls up in the air as high as he possibly can.
2: Yeah. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so. So that's why I don't want to give the cop-out answer, but that's what it feels like. Because a couple of those fumbles and those interceptions that he threw against SC, too, was because pass blocking became an issue against some of those really talented mm. defensive linemen against SC. So we okay. take... Right? Yeah, I know. I, I don't want to give that cop-out answer, too. But if let's say he just implodes and has a terrible quarterback performance. Like, let's, let's, let's say, like, uh, what quarterback has played terrible... Um, over the last couple seasons, and just still gets chances to play. Like Zach Joe, Maynard, Joe Flacco, <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> like he got benched during Baltimore's game this past weekend because they were down forty-four to zero, and he threw two interceptions. And in, to was the like, Jags, to the Jags. Well, the Jags are good, by the way, this year. But but let's say he has <laughs> that type of game, right? He's just horrendous, right? I think at that point you have to give a, another one of those guys a shot because one, you're doing you're. You can mask it in two different ways. You can mask it in saying that game was lost anyways, right? We're heading into the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left, but we're down 50 to zero. There's no shot at coming back from this. So might as well see what else you got on the roster by playing in a hostile environment like Odson. Or you mask it the other way. If that guy plays well, then then you kind of say we needed to make a change at quarterback to try and get some offensive groove back. Either way if at, if the game's at that point you're in a win-win situation by making that change. Um no one's going to say anything otherwise to you for it, right? So But yeah, I I am totally in agreement with you in terms of Bowers. I think this this game is a very 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 important game in his career as a Cal quarterback. Cal's starting quarterback. And we I told you this when we were walking when we were walking back is if he comes there's only two there's there's not only two ways he comes out for this game, but this game is key because of how his mental state is gonna be coming from that SC game. He made so many mental mistakes in that SC game that cost us the game in the fourth quarter, right? I'm not saying that we could have won in the fourth quarter, but it sure as hell could have given us a chance if he didn't throw a couple of those interceptions.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If he comes back in this Oregon game, he comes out firing and he's just on the dot in terms of his passing ability, right? Every pass is crisp, out of his hands real quick, making his reads really quickly, um, and just progressing down the field, just eating up yards, eating up yards, eating up yards, and making the right, smart decision. Then I'll say, okay, learning experience for a first-year quarterback happened in the last three weeks. And this is, this is the Bowers that we saw against NC. UNC, is the quarterback that we have. He'll have some interceptions, but he's also going to make some amazing plays that'll help us win games. But if he comes out of this game, if he comes into Oregon and he throws another type of USC game, then yeah, we're in the serious question mark uh era now. Is because as I so I I told you this earlier in the season, too, right? Is all I want to see from Bowers is a progression every week. I don't need to see him jump from only 150 yards to all of a sudden throwing 400 yards and five touchdowns, Like that's, that's not what I want from Bowers. Is, is his progression reads getting better? Is his ball getting more accurate? Is he developing more, um, what's it, better teamwork with his wide receivers on, on certain types of routes? Is he, is he getting better on that front? And if he is, I don't have an issue with it. We're going to have growing pains regardless, and we'll have a quarterback set for the next three years. So that's that's where I stand with the whole Bowers thing is this game is huge for him. Is if he can come out and play like he did against NC, let's say four touchdowns, two interceptions, two hundred fifty, two hundred eighty yards, and we get the win, I'd say, hm, mm, those games in the past, not anymore.
1: He doesn't this is his most favorable matchup too, at least in the next cause it doesn't get it's much harder with Washington
2: and then Washington State. Washington yeah. State's got a good defense. Yeah. So Washington could bury him, that defense, in yeah. terms of what they do defensively, which yeah. we'll talk about in our Washington preview. But yeah. This is the most probably one of the most vanilla defenses you'll be able to watch in terms of how they play defense. They don't they don't hide anything. They're, they they kind of play like how S C played this past weekend is what you see is what you get. And if he's making the right plays out of those And definitely when they don't have the athletes and the skill players that SC does. So he needs to be able to take advantage of those and make some plays. His pocket presence definitely needs to get better, too.
1: All right. Oregon Good Eats, Rob. Have you been up to Eugene before? I have
2: not been up to Eugene before. Have you?
1: Yeah, but I can't tell you anything about it. (laughs) How long ago
2: was that? How, when's the last time you went up to Eugene, Oregon?
1: I went for the 07 game, and then I think I went up senior year, which would have been the 2010 uh, season. Yeah. We got whooped. Whooped on. So that wasn't so fun. Um, and I didn't go in 09. Oh, yeah. Didn't go in 09. So it must have been 2010, if we played them at home in 2010. I don't know.
2: I don't have any in Eugene, but I do have, know of one really good restaurant in Portland. All right. And I believe Portland is close to Eugene.
1: <laughs> two-hour drive, but that's all right. Is it?
2: Is it a two-hour drive? Yeah, really?
1: It's a long, it's a ways.
2: Wow, okay. I did not know that. Um,
1: I could be making that up. I feel pretty good about that estimate, though.
2: Um, I think you are right. Yeah, it's way up. You got to pass Salem. Yeah. You got to pass Corvallis, so you got to go from Eugene, past Corvallis, past Salem, and then you're at Portland. So yeah, it's it's, it's decent drive. Uh, but there's a Thai restaurant called uh, a Kaos, Khaosan, K H A O S A N. I haven't been, but my uh, my buddy was getting married this this upcoming weekend. Shout out to you, Mister Richard Park. I'm, I'm, I'll be watching the Oregon game at your wedding. Uh, his fiance um, was a consultant. She worked. Her client was at Nike, so he went up and visited her quite often um, while she was there. And they went to this restaurant a lot. And I saw a lot of good pictures from this restaurant because the both of them loved this place. So they would go every time. And I know another, I know a couple of other friends that live here in the Bay Area. And whenever they visit Portland, that's the first restaurant spot they go to. Wow. So there has there, you know, that's saying something. When you have good Thai food here in the Bay Area too, and they're willing to go up to Portland, that's the first thing they eat. There's something. There's something about. There's something about that. That's pretty good.
1: I like that. Yeah. So the cool thing about Eugene is that it is mainly like the tailgating scene. Yes, and just like the stadium atmosphere and how high tech all of the facilities are. I mean, it's just like unbelievable as you walk by like the football practice field is like a college football field. And then Autzen itself is a very intimidating place. It's the loudest stadium I've ever been in for a full game, like the consistent loudness that's in that stadium. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things that I'd say you, you, it's worth experiencing. So if you're going or you haven't been like, it's, it's absolutely a ton of fun. Oregon fans are not polite they are not nice to you being there. They're not the Cal Ole Miss. Hey, thank you for coming and spending some time in Berkeley. Enjoy behavior yourselves. that I saw. Oregon fans will put will you know put everything in your face and be unafraid to talk to you. And uh, for me, you know, I'm always wearing a jersey, and they were yelling at me a lot. But it makes it really fun. I mean, there's obviously very nice people up there, but. And the whole city, Eugene itself, is you know a really cool place. I will say, don't get confused though. It's not going to be. I mean, for me, when I went up there freshman year, two thousand seven, it was very cold. I mean, it was twenty eight degrees when I woke up in the morning. It's not like you know this time of year. I don't know what the weather's gonna be, but you know, don't be surprised if it's cold. It's north and. And the weather is like when I was there; it's kind of foggy. Yeah,
2: Pacific Northwest,
1: yeah. There's a couple of good bars down there that I've been to. I just can't remember the names. I wish. I mean, you know, college is just you just kind of show up at the bar. You don't care what the name is. Yeah, you just kind of go.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eugene is the home to Nike, um, you, or Portland, Eugene? No. No, 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 no. No, wait. Am I getting the cities mixed up? Yeah, you're confusing it. Um, Nike headquarters is in Oregon, though. It's Beaver. <laughs> it's Beaverton, is it not? That's right. Nike headquarters. Um, but of course, as you know, Phil Knight, Nike yes. is an Oregon grad. So he um, said
1: he's fully, I mean, I read his biography. He's amazing. Uh, but he said he's going to endow <laughs> all of Oregon athletics. Yeah. So they're well taken care of forever. I wouldn't expect them to be bad at
2: anything for anytime soon. No, I, so one thing I do know of Eugene is do as, as much as you probably won't buy anything. Please do check out their students' tour though. So from what I've heard, just because it is, like, full-on Nike, it's really cool to see, like, a school that's fully supported, like, 150% by a brand like Nike. Um, and I've heard just amazing things. Of course, if you can make the drive up to Portland, you can also check out Nike World Headquarters, too. Probably can't walk around the campus. I think it's closed off, but... You could still take a look around, and there's probably a really big. There's a really big Nike store in Portland. Portland, um, one of the one of the bigger ones. Mm. So, I mean, we have one here in San Francisco too, but probably not as big as the one in Portland. No. Um, and you know, if you have a hookup, get into the employee store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you have that's a, a that's a real if move. You, right if you if you have a hookup, that's that's what it is. That's the real move. Um, but you know, one day, yeah, one day, one day, one of these days, or Adidas, Adidas too. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Um, any more tips for people visiting Eugene? Do you have any any uh, tips about the game itself, like at Odson?
1: Um, I don't. But uh, what other I, what I most remember is when we first went, and you know, this was in the swing of Oregon coming back. Really, mm-hmm. it was like pre Chip Kelly era, like right the, yeah, uh, or like right around. Yeah, or Belotti. No, Belotti, sorry, Mike Belotti. And, yeah, so they're getting back in the swing of things, and they used to have this expression, which was, it never rains in Austin." And the coolest part about that game in 07 was Isif has that play down the sideline, Cal wins, and it starts raining. Uh, wow. And so all those fans. And then, yeah, I mean, Oregon fans are so mad. They are so, so mad. I mean, I've never just staring at you with a jersey on, just yelling at you, this one guy, was so upset that my buddy and I there were, were with the jersey on. He came and ran and knocked over a trash can in an attempt to try and, like, literally just charge at us. Yeah. He got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, they take it very seriously up there. Like, everybody in the surrounding areas comes to that game. It's it's nothing. The stadium is designed for sound. Yeah. Yeah. We used to pipe music in in when I was with the team to try and... Emulate that? Emulate it and... <laughs> it's so a miserable at practice because you're just like dude like turn it down yeah <laughs> it's just so no i mean that's it have a blast the drive's really fun you can i think the speed limit 70 on the way up on i5 and uh you just cruise up and then it just gets really pretty once you, it's really boring in california and then you get into oregon and it's beautiful trees and all that i don't know mirror lake was a place i used to go to growing up there's plenty of coastline you can go and explore. So. Make a weekend of it. All, saying all of this, I was supposed to go this year, and my buddy's pretty pissed that I'm not going, but off to Colorado.
2: To bigger and better things. Yeah. All right, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, if you have any other suggestions or comments uh, about going up to Autzen or going up to Eugene to see the game at Autzen, please do comment um, on our on our post. Uh, we would like to see what other people have to do um up there or what their tips or places to go up in eugene are so yeah uh keep us posted and you can as always uh, you can find my stuff on twitter at rob 11 hwang you can find andy's stuff at andy J A beast mode um andy do you have anything oregon related going up this week just uh no no okay yeah Cause, <laughs> yeah because you're out
1: yeah i'm taking a little bit of a vacay break so i will be at Red Rock Saturday night, and given that the game is starting at 7, that'll be about 9, so I'd assume that I'm going to watch zero of it. Yeah. So I'll have to watch the recording on Sunday or something.
2: Yeah, I will, I'm going to be at a wedding in LA, so I usually, I'm the guy that's manning the Golden Blocks Twitter handle. I won't be this weekend. Oh um, boy. Sadly. But. Uh, ready for a else.
1: bunch of retweets.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Um you can always tweet at me though. I mean, I'm definitely going to be watching the game on my phone, so I'll be on Twitter. Um but yeah. At the wedding? Oh yeah. It's a Cal wedding. The 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 two people getting married went to Berkeley. Wow. So, ballsy move getting married in football season. It is a ballsy move. It is a really ballsy move. But at the same time, like 90% of the people there are going to be people I went to college with that are Cal fans. So, you can be damn sure during dinner there's going to be a lot of phones out on the table watching the game, especially since it's 7, wedding starts at 3.30. It'll be just around like the end of happy hour and beginning of dinner. So, yay. <laughs> all right, that wraps it up for us. And as always, go Bears.
3: Go Bears. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.